When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Objection! Why would you object? What are you afraid of? The Good Fight. New season premieres tonight at 9, Eastern and Pacific, only on W Network. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Dishes. What timer score? Leon Dreisaitl. What a play! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. The New York Islanders have just scored to go up 1-0 on the Canadians early in the second period. Also in the middle session, Penguins and Sabres scoreless. Capitals up 2-1 on the Flyers. First period, no score. Blues and Senators. Red Wings up 2-0 on the Lightning. Upset in the making there. Later on tonight, the Stars take on the Wild. The Bruins meet the Jets. Predators play the Kings. San Jose home to Florida. And Anaheim takes on Arizona. The Coyotes currently in possession of the final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Depending on what happens tonight, the Oilers will end the evening either 6, 7, or 8 points out of a playoff spot. Obviously, they are uh, not in good shape, and really they haven't been for a while, but even worse after last night's disappointing 6-3 loss to the New Jersey Devils. Came out flat, really. Not going to be the one here trying to find excuses. It's just, that just wasn't our best, and everyone knows it. Didn't respect the opponent enough. We just took him, for, took him lightly. Um, yeah. Took the game for granted. Um, you know, didn't think uh, we needed to work. I, I know it's... Easy to say it's one of those nights, but it is one of those nights. A montage of disappointment from Chason McDavid and Hitchcock. Oilers 69 points on the season. Arizona has 75, and obviously the Oilers have several teams to jump over. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad, and we have our old buddy Kelly Rudy on the line. Kelly, good to talk to you. How are you doing? Oh, my. Great read, and uh, I was just listening to your weather forecast, and that is extremely exciting, isn't it? We're going to finally have some nice weather here. Finally, it is long overdue, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of that getting into that wet, slushy season and still a little slick sometimes, but at least we're getting some melting and definitely things are warming up if we get into double digits next week. Uh, Kelly, I, I played the little montage there from McDavid. Hitchcock and Chase on. I mean, those were some of the kind of the clips that that summed it up. And uh, you know, McDavid saying we we kind of took him for granted and and took him too lightly. Not what anybody wanted to hear or probably expected at this time of the season from the Oilers. No, not at all. And in particular, what I guess at first blush, when you're uh, when you're thinking about losing to the Devils, like. How could you when the fact that besides all their injuries and all the things that they've gone through and all the young players in their lineup, if you just watched 
two periods versus Calgary the night before, you'd know that it was a team that was going to play hungry and they were going to use their speed. And it was up to the Oilers last night to take away their will. And uh, they didn't do that. So that's on them. And uh, they know it. They, you know, what? That's, uh, that's maybe the most disappointing loss of the season to this point because that's one where, it, uh, without any question, you have to win uh, that game. And the best thing you could have done to your, for yourselves you should have buried them in the first 10 minutes or at least after one after they got shellacked the night before. You know what, Kelly? I was sitting there last night, and, and look, the Oilers are a bad home ice team. Their they're road record, they're 500. I mean, you'd love to be above because 500 in the NHL isn't that great. But on the road, you know, you're, you're doing okay. But they have let so many games slip away at home, games they've been blown out, games they have blown in the third period, like against Chicago. And last night is another one on that list. And, Kelly, the Oilers have the 30th penalty killing in 30th ranked penalty killing in the NHL, second last, and they're up 2-1, and they give up a power play goal in the last minute of the second period. And I said to Rob Brown after the period, I said, I, I said, I am now worried. Like, they should have the lead, yeah. and yeah. and it's it's 2-2, and there's just a lot of things I don't like from that period, and, and the Devils tied it up, and obviously they dominated in the second. Well, that tells you everything. That, uh, and when you get a feel like that, and you go, and when you say that to Rob, and you've seen that uh, before over and over and over again. There's good. There's a good reason why you feel that way, that, you know, this was one which they should have, uh, at this point, been in a better situation, but we know how they react. And to me, when you look at that roster, and as you said, they're, they're pretty decent on the road, uh, and, but they're, they're not very good at home, that leads me to believe one thing, lack of focus, that they're not preparing properly at home, um, and whatever they're going to do, whatever sort of changes they're going to make uh, during the summer, they're going to have to maybe address that. Uh, the first thing, uh, most importantly, because when you have a, a team with some of the players they have, that should be a huge advantage early on in a game, but it certainly hasn't been at all. And, and, and the situation they put themselves in, and look, I, I was I was breaking down the records. Like they're seven three and two in their last twelve. As as awful as it was last night, they're seven three and two in their last twelve. When the when the moment comes in the next probably two to three weeks, when they're mathematically eliminated from playoff contention, what killed the season? Well, they had a thirteen game stretch on home ice where they went two and eleven. So I mean that's as much to blame as this recent stretch, Kelly. But it, I'm just wondering what you think, and from having played and gone through the grind of the season. There must be a point where it's exhausting as much mentally as physically to have absolutely no room for error. And I'm not, like, trust me, I am not giving them an excuse because they, for the most part, they put themselves in this position. But that has to be mentally exhausting to have won four in a row, to have win five of six and still have that one loss could kill our hopes type type scenario. Well, I have been there, Reed, and I can tell you when it, when it sneaks up on you, and you talked about that uh, stretch where they had only won two games out of 13 home games, all of a sudden you're sitting in the dressing room. Like I recall the year after we went to the finals in L.A., I believe it was in about January, and we had been giving us ourselves all sorts of false hope. Uh, okay, well, we can turn around. We, we did it last year. We struggled a little bit last year, but we found a way to get in. And, and then all of a sudden when you look at the – standings you're like uh-oh you know what 
it's going to take some exceptional play and some luck along the way for us to even sneak into the playoffs. And then, and then when you recognize that, and I'm sure the Oilers did at some point in January, then then it just beats you up. And there's, as you said, there's no excuses because it all really does start from the top. And if you look at the Arizona Coyotes, you look at the way in which Rick Tockett has coached that team and with not a very good roster even when they're healthy, but uh, even more so with all the injuries. And I've known Rick since the 87 Canada Cup, and I was lucky enough to play with him in L.A. He's a guy that isn't about any excuses whatsoever. This is the way we're going to play, and if you don't want to play it individually, I'll find somebody else that will play this way. And, And I think that along the way, that's how the Oilers are going to have to turn this around. They, listen, they have so many things that they have to address, but one of the things moving forward is that when it looks as though uh, it's a tough night, I'm looking for everybody to find a way to continue to play the right way and believe in it and not have that, oh, woe is me attitude. And, and it does sink in. I've been there, like I said, so I understand from time to time how it gets the best of you mentally but you have to have the people around you that don't allow you to go down that road. And and you have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to borrow a, a phrase that my buddy Bob Stoffer uses all the time on his show. The Oilers have not dealt with prosperity well. Now, they haven't had a lot the last couple of years, but they've had little streaks. And, and I, I, I mean, we talk about the mental approach of athletes all the time. I mean, sometimes you, when, when you've done well, you, you know, the Oilers have had a, had a good 11-game stretch before last night. Can you keep it going, right? Can you still do all the things that got you to that point? And, and they clearly didn't. And like Connor said and Hitch said and Chase on said in that pack, then it turns into one of those nights because – and Hitch said too, Kelly, you're going to like this. He said, we play better when we play afraid. And they, I, they weren't afraid of the New Jersey Devils. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I like that saying because uh, there's nothing wrong with being afraid. The other thing is uh, the way in which I prepared myself, I played with hatred. So I made sure that before every single game – Every guy on that other team, I couldn't stand. Now, if I ran into him after a game, it was an entirely different story. I, you know, I had enough friends around the game that, on occasion, you'd say hi. But uh, you know, there is nothing wrong with being mad to play the game. I mean, you don't have to start off with a big smile and hey, everything's great. And you know, at the end of the season, I'm going to uh, Hawaii and I'm going to have a good time. There, there's no shame in being mad at the other team and playing. With hatred, I think that's an element that we don't see enough of right now. There's too many good guys, and uh, it's a quality to be a human being in society, but maybe not in professional sports always. That's a great way to put it. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. We want to touch on a couple of other things here. The U of A Golden Bears are the number one ranked team at Men's Hockey Nationals in Lethbridge. They will play Lethbridge at 7 o'clock tonight, so the Bears... Huge favorites going into that game. And uh, the third Canada West team in the eight-team tournament is Saskatchewan. They beat Guelph 6-1 this afternoon. So we could see another Alberta-Saskatchewan matchup in the semifinal. Uh, Saskatchewan's already advanced. That's 1 p.m. Saturday, so the Bears might get there as well. Uh, in, in Lethbridge, they didn't have a great season, Kelly, but they're in as the host, and Ian Herbers and the Golden Bears going after another national title. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it, Reed, because this is something that... Whenever I get to the occasion to brag about CIS hockey, uh, I take uh, the opportunity because 
it's excellent. Uh, it's well played. It's played by uh, people that are passionate about uh, the game itself. They're trying to uh, go to school as well, which uh, all of us that have children that have gone to university know how difficult that task is alone. Forget about trying to put in the effort to play uh, CIS uh, uh, sports because it's played at such a high level. But I have the utmost respect for the people in those programs, not only in the hockey but the other sports as well. Um, and also women's hockey. You know, I've been a big supporter of women's hockey also. And just to me, I've gone over the years to watch the uh, the men's and the women's, and the women have made so much progress in uh, in hockey, and it's so exciting to see. Now, I have to also say that unfortunately, with my new schedule from about five years ago, my my time is limited to go watch CIS hockey. So. It's just based on uh, the, on occasion when I get to go. I'm still a big supporter. I've uh, spoken at a number of events uh, in support of CIS hockey. So I, I really say that uh, if you're out there and you have an opportunity next year uh, and you're thinking what to do with your family, you want to go watch some hockey, but the Oilers and Oil Kings might be out of town, uh, do yourself a favor and go watch the, uh, the CIS Golden Bears because it's tremendous. Hockey. Yeah, and the Bears, uh, one of the top teams in the country once again. I'm just going to throw Kelly on hold for a second. Last Friday, we had Bob Ridley on the show, the longtime play-by-play voice for the Medicine Hat Tigers, and most of his uh, around 50 years doing that job, he drove the bus as well. And I had Bob on Inside Sports on Friday because he's going to be inducted into the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. I wanted to talk hockey, and he wanted to talk broadcasting. Believe it or not, back then, he had his uh, eyes set on being a broadcaster when he uh, left hockey. I couldn't believe that why he'd ever want to be a broadcaster, but uh, that was going to be his goal, and look what he's done now. A uh, big part of Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I just love Kelly Rudy. He's fantastic. That is Bob remembering you, Kelly, and he said you were one of the guys, if, if you couldn't sleep or you wanted to talk, you would come up to the front of the bus. He was always happy to have those chats with people, and even then, even then, as a youngster, you were you were thinking about broadcasting how about that i was uh you know bob's uh very kind and uh, i love him dearly and our relationship goes back to 1978 if you can believe it but i remember those conversations and they would last hours on certain trips and uh not only would i ask him the history of the medicine at tigers and about players like tom lysiak and lanny mcdonald but guys like john hillworth the the gas off brothers and uh ken hall and pete peters many other guys that played before me but Bob, Bob is right. I, there's a lot of questioning I had about being a broadcaster. And I know it would surprise a lot of people that went to school with me in Elmwood and uh, the West End, uh, uh, whether it's at Hillcrest Junior High or JP High School, because I was painfully shy. But there was an element of me that I was very curious about it. And luckily for me, I was dra- able to drag it out of myself when I first made the New York Islanders. And I really kept an eye on that. And here we are. I mean, I think it's my 20th or 21st year on Hockey Night in Canada. So, uh, man alive, it's gone by quickly. That is awesome stuff. It was so cool to have Bob on the show. I mean, we could go on for hours. I have one more quick one. I have a texter who goes by the handle of the Big L, 
And uh, I, I really love some of the personalities that call into text to the show because we have yep. a, lot of, a lot of funny people. And uh, the Big L says, Reed, going out for dinner this weekend, can you ask Kelly as to where we might get the best steak in Calgary, willing to drop his name in order to get a good table? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's a hard one because we're, we've got some great steak joints. We have the, the usuals like Highs and Ruth's Chris. Uh, there's the vintage uh, steak uh, grill, um, but one that might sneak up on you, and I don't know if you have it in Edmonton, but there's a steak place, uh, Italian steak place called Mercado, and there's one in the West End out by where we live on 85, 85th Street, and there's also one uh, on 4th downtown. Uh, so you might want to check that out. That uh, Mercado in, uh, just outside the del- uh, downtown Beltline is just across the street from Earl's Tin Palace, and I highly recommend those places. But there are others. Uh, yeah, you're going to love it. Awesome. Kelly, awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for checking in. We'll do this again next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Okay, thanks, Reed. Talk that is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. And, uh, yeah, the Golden Bears game starts at 7, so I'll keep you updated on that once it gets rolling. The Saskatchewan Huskies beat Guelph 6-1 this afternoon. Tough times for the Oilers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'll break that down a little bit further when we get back. And between 6.30 and 7, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. No practice today for Nugent. The Oilers, they will skate tomorrow and then fly. Game against Arizona on Saturday. 6.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 8. Same times for the match in Vegas on Sunday night. Been obviously talking to a lot of you, a lot of people about the Oilers' playoff hopes here over the last few weeks. And again, despite the loss last night, their record over the last 12 games is pretty good. 7-3-2, and two, but they remain six points out of a playoff spot. And remember, just over three weeks ago, they were seven points out. So they have a, a situation here where they get 16 out of 24 points, not bad, and they only make up one point in the playoff race. And very likely, it's going to be eight points out by the time they hit the ice on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I think last night was a pretty big blow. Uh, I got the sense a lot of people were kind of like, all right, this this ain't going to happen as much as we've been hoping. Still some people are like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. You never know. You never know. And fair enough, you never know. And I, I always try to tell people, like, look, I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk or be pessimistic when I say I don't think they're going to get in. I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers. Here's, here's a way I'm, I'm going to present it, and I hate to bring down the optimistic among you. The Oilers have 24 points remaining. So if they were to go 12-0, and 0, they would get to 93 points. So my question to you is, do you think they can go 12-0? and 0? I would think even the most optimistic amongst you would say no. Can they go 10-2 and 2 to get to 89 points? Well, again, I, I would think even the most optimistic amongst you would say very probably not. Okay, so let's, you know, lately they've got two-thirds of their points. So what if they go 8-4? and four? Well, they get to 85 points. 
But here's the problem. All Arizona has to do is go 5-6-1 and one in their games, and they finish ahead of the Oilers. Plus, there's all the other teams who could potentially take advantage of Arizona going 5-6-1. and one. So there, there's a way to sum up why it's so tough. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi in the next half hour, and we're going to give away Beer God passes to the International Beer Festival as we move along tonight as well. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. James texting 630-630. He says, Reed, unacceptable performance last night. Oilers team in a playoff chase against a team playing with eight or nine regulars out and on the second game of a back-to-back playoff hopes pretty much gone. That is from James, who uh, also adds Hitch's post-game comments. He said the Oilers have to win two of three on the upcoming road trip to stay in the playoff chase. I think they have to win all three. That is from James. Norman, a combine. Texting in, he says, hey, Reed, maybe I'm old school, but this having no practices is crazy. Too many rules that the team has to follow back in my day, dot, 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 LOL. That is from Norman Combine. That is a good one. Well, yeah, four days off a month. Every team in the NHL has to have four days off a month, so that means no playing, no practicing, and no traveling. So uh, the Oilers have to take one today. And Brian says, when you are a slow team, and a bad team, and you have to play every game like it's game seven of the playoffs, you eventually run out of gas mentally, too. That is from Brian. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's part of it for the Oilers. I mean, look, okay, so New Jersey, all those guys out, they're out of it. You know, they got AHL guys up. Absolutely. The Oilers should have won. Okay, they didn't. But if if the Oilers were third in the division the tone of that loss is totally different. It would still be disappointing, but that that is uh, that is a really crippling loss. And, you know, I, I, one debate I get into with Rob Brown all the time, this probably isn't fair that I'm bringing this up now because he's not here to give his, give his opinion, but I'm sure we'll talk about it on one of our shows before the end of the year. You know, once we get into even usually mid-November, I, I am watching the standings. I'm looking after an Oilers game. I'm, I'm looking before I go to bed or when I get up in the morning, who who won, what's the positioning, how many games played, how many points in or out are you? And Rob always says it's too early to check the standings. It's all about how a team is playing. You can make up ground. And I actually strongly disagree with that. I don't think it is ever too early to look at the standings. And like I said, we're probably going to reflect on the Oilers' non-playoff season in, well, less than a month now. I mean, the last game is April 6th. And they're going to miss by X number of points. Probably somewhere between, I don't know, 4 and 12, say. So you can be talking about 2 to 6 wins, where if the Oilers had them, were, were better by that margin, they'd be in the playoffs. And, I mean, that's it's probably going to be a win a month or less that the Oilers missed the playoffs by. So a, a 3-point deficit in the middle of December or a four-point deficit. They were four points out coming out of their all-star and bi-week break in, you know, from January into February. That is significant. That's significant ground to, to, to make up. And all these games lost and the slumps the Oilers had earlier in the season and losing six in a row and then going 0-5-1 during another six-game stand, those are hard to recover from. I don't think you can, and I know Rob wasn't writing them off, but you can't 
just sort of dismiss them and say there's still time to make up ground because there isn't. Like you're, every game played, that's another game you're running out of track. Every game you don't get the two points, that's another opportunity lost to stay afloat or to separate from somebody or to keep pace with somebody. And look at all those nights we said we had the Turtle Derby and Minnesota would lose and Anaheim would lose and Colorado would lose and Dallas would lose and Chicago would lose and Vancouver would lose and the Oilers would lose. And now we look back and say, what if they just won on a couple of those nights when everybody else lost? What if they would have had that 10-game stretch where they would have won three times instead of once? Well, now you'd be sitting here two points out, max four going into the game against Arizona. Instead, it's likely going to be eight. So I, I don't think it's ever too soon in the season to look at the standings, to look at the differential between you and the playoff cut line, regardless of which side you're on. Rob says uh, maybe the Oilers should stay in a hotel before home games to make it feel like they're on the road. Well, mentally, that's not a bad idea. Uh, Richard says there are two possible reasons why a talented goalie like Miko Koskinen washed out of the NHL. Either it's because of consistency issues or there's a weakness in his game. In Koskinen, we have both. Uh, this is the worst deal, not the Lucic deal. Well, we'll see, Richard. Uh, I mean, we have more information on Koskinen than we did in the summer. Uh, I ran this last night on, on Overtime Open Line. Somebody called in about Koskinen. And uh, I sorted on NHL.com the save percentages of all the goalies who have played more than 25 games in the NHL. Because, you know, if you sort it by save percentage on the stats site, you'll always have a guy who, you know, played great for three games and went back down to the minors or whatever and has a 970 save percentage. So of all the goalies who have played 25 or more games this season, Miko Koskinen has the 21st best save percentage. So what's, I mean, look, I, I really think that Koskinen can play well for bursts and it appears when he has an off game or an off stretch, it's, it's really off. So what is he next year? I, I mean, I think his, his potential is that he can be an average NHL goaltender where he's probably between 12th and 18th. And if he's a little off than that, we get what we get this year where he's going to be between 20th and 25th. So that's, a, that's still a question mark going, going forward. This texture says, uh, I feel like the Oilers are always uh, waiting on McDavid to make things happen. These guys need to give him a break and step up and play as hard before we start being a consistent, a consistent team. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take a different angle on that one, and, and I know what you're saying. I, I, well, definitely the Oilers are leaning on McDavid and Drysaddle, but when they have, when the Oilers have an off night, and McDavid and Drysaddle weren't great last night. I mean, they missed a lot of passes, they fumbled some pucks. They're still obviously the best players on the team. Drysaddle had a four-game, 14-game point streak, so I'm not going to get mad at him for having one game where he doesn't get a point. But the problem for the Oilers is they don't have any players who can provide offense when those guys don't. So I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily that the, the other players are waiting around for those two guys to do something. I think it's more that the other players just aren't capable of being great offensive players. And Rob and I have talked about this a lot too. I don't fault the... I, I don't fault the effort of the team most nights. I mean, sure, you can say last night they they took them lightly. They they weren't serious enough. They weren't prepared enough. Fair enough. 
but there's been a lot of losses recently where I haven't said, well, where I've sat there and said, oh, they, you know, they're apathetic, they're lazy. Yeah, I mean, they're just they're just not good enough. I mean, look at some of the players on the bottom six. Colby Cave, you know, even Gagne, who's played well for the Oilers, he's been in the AHL most of the year. So, you know, other teams didn't regard him as an NHL player. They didn't go out and acquire him, especially for the money he makes. You know, Curry's up from the minors. So you have players like that. I don't look at them and say, oh, well, they're waiting for something to happen or they're not trying hard enough. They They just don't have that skill set to be these great productive players and and so then that's been the the story for the Oilers all year long they don't have the secondary scoring they don't have the depth all right we'll take a quick timeout CFL commissioner Randy Ambrosi when we get back subscribe to the inside sports podcast Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. He is on tour and stopping in Edmonton today. The commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Nice to be with you. Well, and you've sort of made this uh, an annual tradition, going across the country and talking to media, talking to fans. Uh, I, I think that we're your second or third last stop. Uh, how's it been going so far? Any any uh, big talking points that, you, that you're hearing from CFL fans? Well, you know, I think the uh, obviously the fans are interested in the collective bargaining process and uh, pretty much uni- uni- unanimous. They want to see us get it done so our season starts on time and had a chance to talk about uh, challenge flags. That's been fun, and and uh, you know, just good good insights from the fans. Is, is there anything you can tell us about the CBA negotiations, uh, Randy? I know there were some meetings earlier this week, and I, I think there's more scheduled for next week. Is there anything uh, concrete you can communicate here, or any progress that you feel has been made? Where are we at? Well, you know, the process uh, just started. Uh, I think the most important thing was that the spirit of the uh, of the discussions was very positive, and and I think we got off to a good start. Uh, we had a chance to share with the players, uh, you know, a vision for a new and stronger CFL. And I thought, um, you know, I thought the players asked a lot of good questions, and and uh, and that was positive. Uh, I thought Jeff Keeping, the president of the PA did a nice job of, of uh, sharing kind of the players' thoughts on, on the league in the future. Uh, so, you know, I'd just say all in all, the uh, the exchange was very positive. Okay, so we look forward to more about that as we go along. You mentioned challenge flags. I- I'm going to ask you maybe something a little different than what the, the fans have been asking you because I know there have been some tweaks uh, even in your time as commissioner. The NFL had a really controversial pass interference play in the NFC Championship game that put the CFL in the spotlight because of its rule where you can challenge pass interference. Has anybody from the NFL reached out to the CFL about that rule, how the CFL executes it? Has there been any of that dialogue? Uh, you know, you know, certainly not formally, but we're talking back and forth with the NFL all the time. So, you know, there could have been um, a conversation about it that I'm not aware of, but, you know, we had a pretty robust relationship with our friends down south and and uh, and I know it was talked a lot about in the media after that game uh, uh, the difference between the way our league does it and theirs and I guess it's uh, it's a point of pride for us that uh, you know we we've, we've got something in place that might have prevented that 
Okay. There, one of the things that's been going on here lately, and I believe we have uh, 18 players coming to uh, the CFL Combine who are international players. We've got Italy, France, uh, several German players. I think there are a couple players from Finland coming in. Um, there's been a relationship with uh, the CFL and, and football in Mexico. So there's a focus here on a little bit of a, a, a global relationship for the CFL. Randy, where, where, what's your ideal for all this? What What's the ultimate end game of building these relationships with with other nations and the Canadian Football League? Well, I think it, you know, from my vantage point, it starts with the idea that uh, you know, as much as as much as we all love the CFL in Canada, I think there's no reason not to share our game with the world, and you know, not to expect that the world would love to watch our fun and fast game. And and then if that uh, if you follow that logic, then the next thing is let's get some of the best players from around the world to come and play here, and we believe that their fans will follow. And if their fans follow to watch, uh, you know, watch players from those countries play in the CFL, then hopefully TV contracts will follow. You know, it's about thinking differently about our league. We've, we've maybe been guilty of thinking about our league in a small way. I think this is a chance to think about our league in uh, in a much bigger, uh, stronger version. What have you found the awareness or knowledge is of the Canadian Football League in in some of these other countries? I mean, are we starting at the basic introductory level? Was there maybe a little bit there already? What 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 was already in place, if anything? I think, Reed, amongst their football people, they're very aware of us. And, and, they, and the reaction to our outreach was remarkably positive. In fact, uh, in more than one case, uh, their, their question was, what's taken you so long? So that part of it I would actually uh, take as a big positive. You know, amongst the fans, uh, the broader kind of football communities, we've got some work to do. But again, I think that's why the idea, if we can get players from around the world playing in our playing in our league the chances are their countrymen would love to have a chance to look at them look we're we're currently in a discussion with a mexican broadcast uh, uh, partner about uh, about covering cfl games in 2019 and and uh, that's just off of this uh, initial initial uh, step that we've taken with uh, with mexico so there's you know there's some evidence to support that this could be uh, the beginning of a new beginning for our league and and I'm excited to be part of it. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Hey, Randy, great cup week. I got a chance to talk to Anthony LeBlanc from the uh, from the Maritime team that is uh, moving along. He was pretty optimistic at the time. Um, is there an update there? I, I believe they're still looking for an exact place to play and, and a stadium deal. Anything going on there? Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot of work. I, I talk to Anthony regularly. Uh, he gives me great updates. You know we're going to play a game. Uh, the Argonauts are going to play a home game in Atlanta, Canada this summer, and that's due to uh, uh, our good friends at Maritime Football, Anthony LeBlanc, Gary Drummond, and Bruce Bowser, so that's exciting. Uh, but the project is moving. It is moving along. Uh, I still believe we can get this done and get that uh, that truly uh, coast-to-coast Canadian Football League that we've all been dreaming of. 
Also, there have been some stories coming out this week about the Montreal Alouettes, a, a potential sale there. I, I, I know there was a, a report today that maybe even next week something could be moving along. Is, is something happening here with the ownership of the Alouettes, Randy? Well, you know, we've been working with the Wettenhalls now uh, for several months with uh, with the focus on, you know, getting them back to where they've been. You know, under Bob Wettenhalls' uh, leadership, they, they played in eight great cups, won three. Uh, Eleven of the players that played during Bob's era uh, went on to Hall of Fame uh, status. And Bob himself is in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So, They've had a lot of success there. I think they want to get that team back to, you know, where it, um, where they, you know, where it needs to be. And and we've been working side by side with them to get that done. Okay, Randy, I'm going to throw one more at you. It was uh, about a month ago. It was an amazing day, CFL free agency. The Eskimos were front and center for players they lost and gained. Um, but, I mean, that, that was a wild day, Randy. I mean, I know you're the, you're the commissioner, so you're not, uh, you know, taking sides with who gets what players or anything like that. But just from a newsworthy day, that must have been a that, that whole week, I thought, a lot of people were coming up to me talking about CFL free agency. That, that must have been a really positive time for the league. You got, you got a lot of play in, you know, basically the middle of the hockey season in this country. Yeah, I think we did, and and uh, you know, look, I, I I'm I'm uh, I think it was perhaps the biggest free agent day that we've had in our history. I I, I certainly can't remember one that was bigger. And uh, you know, with Mike going to Vancouver, I think that's going to be great for one of our major markets. Um, Edmonton certainly uh, recovered beautifully with the trades uh, and the signings they made. So, you know, I thought there was a lot of good news. And, and as you said, Reed, it was a, there was a giant buzz in this country for CFL football, and that's always a good thing uh, in, our, uh, in our so-called offseason. Randy, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's great you make yourself available to talk to the media, to talk to the fans. Enjoy your stop here in Edmonton, and I know we'll do this again. The season's coming up. Reed, thanks very much, and have a great evening, and say hello to your listeners for me. There we go. That's the commissioner of the CFL, Randy Ambrosi. Hey, how would you like to be a beer god? The Edmonton International Beer Festival, March 22nd and 23rd. The Beer God Pass VIP treatment, a sample mug, a t-shirt, brewery swag from exhibitors, and more. We're giving away a Beer God Pass. Actually, two. You can share it with a friend. Kellen will line you up. Time to play Brewer False after the 7 o'clock news. We're going to have one winner tonight, 780-496-0063. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.